While Star Wars may have always featured monsters, metaphorical and literal, it only really began to experiment with out-and-out horror tropes in more recent decades. Some of the strongest examples being the novel's Death Troopers and its prequel, Red Harvest, which provides the perfect subject for our chat this Halloween week. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast, the only library in the galaxy with a panic room for use in the event of a Sith zombie outbreak. Uh, I'm Johnny Maynard and I'm very pleased to be joined for this perfectly timed Halloween week episode by two members of the Star Wars Book Community on Instagram. First up, it's the legendary librarian himself, Jesse Gardner. How you doing, Jess? A little under the weather today, but excited about Red Harvest. Fantastic. As long as it's not contagious uh, and sort of bringing with it sort of necrotizing sort of viruses and that sort of thing, um, that 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 would be good. You got none of that going on. <laughs> no. And uh, also joining us is a new voice to the pod, but someone I've been hoping would join us at some point. And not just because he's an actual librarian, it's Jacob, who some of you may know from Instagram as uh, the Yorkshire book lover. Jacob, how are you? Again, seasonably under the weather, um, but I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, glad to be joining, for particularly for Red Harvest. Uh, After giving it a reread, I'm like excited to chat about it. Yeah, good stuff. And of course, Jacob, we actually managed to meet in person this year at Star Wars Celebration. It is, yeah. Call being very glad to rest my droid legs and take and take a seat and, and have a chat with you back yes. then. How was celebration for you? It, it was good. It was my first celebration. Like honestly, I yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. To be perfectly honest, I was like, I was quite fortunate to grab like a spare ticket off a mate mm. just to go in on Friday, which meant that on the Saturday when I saw you, I wasn't as overwhelmed with the crowds. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting. It was, it was great to see so many Star Wars fans meet people like yourself yeah. and a few of us. Who had like interacted with online and stuff, um, but yeah, it was it was good. Really enjoyed it actually. Um, yeah, I kind of wish I'd been going to a few of them sooner. <laughs> yeah, likewise, it kind of gave me the taste for maybe um, you know I'm, I'm here in Northern Ireland, so we don't have very many big cons, but may, maybe diving across the water and uh, coming to a few more of those things in the future uh, def- definitely whet my appetite. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lovely opportunity to, to be able to catch up with folk, um, you know, because I, I, I guess I'd, I've been doing sort of the Instagram Star Wars thing for a couple of years now. And it was really lovely to actually be able to yeah, meet people is. in the flesh <laughs> like yourself, you know. Um, but anyway, l- let's give the folks listening some context for today's chat. Uh, we're looking at Red Harvest, written by Joe Schreiber uh, and published on 20th December 2010. Ostensibly, it's a prequel to Schreiber's Death Troopers, um, w- which had been published a little over a year earlier. Now, Jesse, I know you've read both of these books. Jacob, have you read Death Troopers? I, I, no, I haven't, actually. It's like when I first read it, goodness knows. Um oh 12 13 years ago i didn't even realize like it was a prequel i just picked it off mm-hmm. i just picked it up off the shelf and thought oh this looks vaguely cool for a star wars book and decided yeah. to and I, it wasn't until years later i realized it was a prequel i'm like oh okay didn't. yeah so you d- you didn't feel like you were missing anything by not having read the death trippers not not really to be honest like i just jumped straight in and read it and Actually, yeah. like I think in that in that particular time when I was reading Star Wars books, I was just getting into reading legend, like what is now Legends, and I think yeah. I read maybe one or two like Old Republic things already. Um, yeah, okay. So I was vaguely familiar with 
like that time anyway. So yeah, I was, it was pretty easy to jump straight in. Jesse, what about you? Do you think there's an ideal order to read these two books in since you've read both of them? Uh, no, I've been thinking about that quite a bit today. I was trying to figure if there really was one. It would depend on what era you prefer. If you like the dark times, read Death Troopers. If you want, you know, if you're, if you're an old Republic fan, go for Red Harvest. There's really, I wouldn't say there's an ideal order. Now they both stand really well on their own. I think I'd agree. As it so happened, I did read them in publication order. So I read Death Troopers first, I guess, probably around about when it dropped as part of the Essential Legends series, you know, last year. Um, uh, and then I read Red Horrors for the first time th- this year. Oh, wow. uh, and it worked really well in that order. But I, I think having read them both, you, you could read them either way around. In terms of timeline, then, Red Harvest here is taking place in uh, 3,645 BBY, so around eight years after the events of the stories we've spoken about in recent weeks, the the threat of peace and deceived, uh, and a couple of years still before the events of the massively multiplayer online game Star Wars The Old Republic. Uh, In terms of plot, uh, the action begins at a rather sort of tumble-down Sith Academy on the snowy planet of Odacer Faustin, where Sith Lord Scabrus Scabrus is combining science and Sith magic to unlock immortality. Uh, Well-founded rumours abound among the student populace that something untoward occurs in the Dark Lord's Tower, with few students ever returning from there. Uh, Elsewhere, we are introduced to Jedi siblings Histizo or Zoe Trace, and her brother Rojo Trace, uh, both on separate assignments. And when Jedi horticulturalist Hestizo is captured by a bounty hunter called Tulk, who works for Scabris, along with a rare Force-sensitive black orchid in her care, uh, her brother Rojo vows to track down the perpetrator and rescue her. Uh, other characters in the mix are Scabris's or Scabris's protocol droid, who's in fact an HK assassin droid, uh, a mechanic called Pergus Frode, who's a survivor from a ship's crew who had previously displeased Scabrus by not delivering him the orchid he needed to complete his dire experiments, uh, and Daedalus, uh, a tree like Nettie, who is the librarian in the ancient Sith library at, at the Academy. Uh, and overall, the main event here is basically Sith zombie outbreak on a snowbound planet, but with all the gore and horror that, that you might expect, and, and some that you probably weren't expecting um so, so first things first here guys uh horror in star wars do you think it works or at least does it work for you here jacob yeah it, it worked for me in this context like it's um well it's a this horror it's two of the zombies and it's on a mm. sick planet like what in my, in my head when i'm thinking what genre could that be it's well, gonna be horror like it's um, I couldn't really think of it as any other really way of doing it, and I, I just really liked it. The, particularly, the quite it was quite. Um, it wasn't as in like quite suspenseful. It's more like the quite, um, the quite mm. bloody, the quite visceral kind of. Almost, quite, it reminded me of Saw a little bit. Those those series of films of just how, yeah, like, um, um, like how gory it got with some of the descriptions. I'm like, oh okay, yeah. um, which like I I love it now as an adult. I'm like I want more of this, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost gleefully gory, you know. It it almost it it almost tips into like I don't know if you know do you know the film Kill Bill Volume One. Yeah, you, you know, you, you know that the sort of the gleeful gory violence of that yeah. sort of yes, final showdown in Kill Bill Volume One, where you you find yourself laughing 
because it's kind of horrific. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it doesn't quite tip over into comedy, but but it, it's, yeah. it is kind of edging that way for, that, that way for me at times. Yeah. What, what about you, Jesse? I, I love horror in Star Wars. I'm always yes, uh, there's yeah. not enough of it yeah. we've got the two books and that little arc in I think it's the first season of the Clone Wars and I was mm. always madly disappointed that that's just so it's just small small bit of bit of it but yeah I, I love it yeah yeah because that um I think it's season two of the Clone Wars, wasn't it? We yeah, first got those right. zo- the, zo- the zombie Geonosians. And I think that was that must have been around about this time. It was. It was actually. Halloween, I think. Y- yeah. Or sort, oh, of the, yeah. The, sort of 20. Yeah. I guess if Death Troopers was 2009, that I think season two yeah. of Clone Wars was, was the same year oh. or around about then. <laughs> so I guess those things were kind of happening around about the same time, which is, which is interesting. Hmm. Um Oh, I yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I quite like it when Star Wars just picks a genre and, and runs with it and leans really hard into it. You know, it, it can be really, really successful. Like, you know, sort of uh, Legends maybe didn't yeah, do it as yeah. much as Canon does it now. But sort of, uh, so standout Legends examples might be things like this leaning into out and out horror, or I guess John Jackson Miller's Kenobi novel, which just leans straight yeah. into western. You know, all the yeah, way. It's just true. a Western movie. We've got some movie. good noir with uh, Coruscant Nights too. Yes. Oh, I've I haven't gotten to those. Is that leaning into sort of film noir stuff? The really good mystery noir books. Yeah, they're fun. Oh, I like I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. So, in terms of, I guess I want to think about the Sith students here. Uh, on this planet there are quite a few who get pov chapters or segments here particularly early on folk like uh, wim nictor jura rat lusk and kindra i mean do any of them make a particular impression on you jesse um the redhead i believe lusk oh, is he the redhead mm-hmm. lusk and kopish i think that that is a brack Desabrak was so sadistic. He he stuck out in my brain. It's just perfectly Sith. So those two. Yeah. Yeah. And and Lusk was kind of, if I remember correctly, he's the one who's sort of the the best performing student at the academy. And there's there's this really... Yeah. He's nasty. Yeah, this really... Uh, interesting sort of duel scene um, sort of between Lusk and one of the other students, Nictor. Yeah. Um, it becomes apparent that Lusk is sort of using some sort of force power to compel the students to agree to fight him uh, and also compel them to make mistakes during the fight cool. and to actually hurt themselves. And it's really quite disturbing yeah. the way the way that's presented. Um, these, these students almost completely lose their control and are sort of at, at his mercy. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought that was really interesting. And then per Nictor st- sticks out in my brain um, yeah. because of what happens to him. Yeah. He's he's, uh, patient, he's patient zero, basically, um, for, for the outbreak. Um, Jacob, what about you? Any of these Sith students um, sticking out for you? I, one or two. Um, like I, I just, I just quite like the fact that in, in general, the like it's just got a lot of POV from the Sith Academy in general. Yeah, like, yeah. Which like, I just found quite, I found quite fascinating anyway, just to see yeah. behind the scenes on that. I think for the students, he was, uh, is it rats, rat, rat? Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. 
I quite I him and Kindra, Kind yeah. Kind Kindra. Those are the two that sort of stick out in my mind. Um, Rats, Rats for his like ambition of going after Lusk. Is it yeah, Lusk? yeah. Um, and the fact that when you see his when they're dueling out in the snow and they just see the uh, Nikita, yeah. I, I, I can't remember all the names, and the other one falling from the tower. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's quite a cool little sequence there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he was yeah, mainly kind like Rattat for the ambition, like the amount of drive he has to be um the next apprentice almost at yeah. the Academy and Kindra is almost like calculated coldness, particularly yeah. towards the end of the book. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that is really like he doesn't she doesn't come across as Sith like in some parts, but I'm like, in that bit she's absolutely brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what I like here is that most of these characters are essentially zombie fodder. Yeah. But Schreiber does a really good job of introducing them, making them all feel different. You know, they're all Sith students, essentially. They could all be the same character, but they all feel different. They've all got their own agendas. And and some of them are actually quite memorable. I I think it's really good writing, actually, that we, you know, that we remember and care about these folk. Because really, the main event here is the outbreak and everything else that's happening. And I guess we're, we're sort of probably meant to root for the Jedi characters more than anything else. But a lot of these characters are still taking up our brain space, you know? Considering it's such a short book as well. Like yeah. Around 250 pages is not much to play with. Which, which I, which I love. Give me, give me more shorter star Wars books, please. You know, um, yeah. and death troopers does the same thing. It just, it, it comes in, it does its job and it gets out, you know, you know? Yeah. um, I put on that audio book today. It's only yep. six hours long. Yeah. 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 Oh well. I'm just gonna do that tonight and scare myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, yeah. I, I revisited this one on audio this week in, in prep for our chat because I, I, I read it about six months ago, so I want I wanted to freshen up. Um, and it's narrated by John Glover, uh, the actor John Glover. So not one of the usual. Uh, no, but he's perfect. He's great at it. I mean, I I know that I've seen him in more movies, but the, the movie I remember him from most is 1997's Batman and Robin, where he plays that completely <laughs> gleefully insane mad scientist guy in a very comic booky way, and that oh, is yeah. perfect for this, you know. And he really it leans into it. It's great. It's great. Um, so sticking with the Sith characters, let, let's talk about Darth Scabrous. Uh, I know, again, I got sort of real B-movie mad science vibes with this guy, you know, mixed up with dark magic and rituals. And, you know, I sort of enjoyed the willfully nutty nature of the whole thing. Um, how did you guys get on with Scabrous, uh, Jacob? You know, I, I was a fan, actually. Just um, like, because when we started getting more POVs from, on, from his point of view as the book gets further on, I just like seeing a little bit more about like the Sif, the Sif tech, the Sif magic, the rituals they had yeah. when they were going into the temple beneath the library, mm-hmm. and all that. Mm. And like, I yeah, it was just a fascinating combination of that like technology and Sif magic yeah. and Sif rituals, and just it's it, it's almost quite a typical like Sif like trying to uh, get go for that immortality, but in just a, a slightly slightly different way. Using yeah. the orchids and um, yeah, you know zombies, which I'm like, this is just I, I can I can take this, I can run with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jesse, what about you? Oh, I I got along with him really well. He's um, you know, you and I have talked about 
how, how much we enjoy the Sith magic and mm. sorcery. He he takes it to a whole other level. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and his, his machinations to get everything into play. I don't want to spoil like the ending, but uh, just everything is very almost reminiscent of Vader torturing mm. Han for no reason to get Luke. Yeah. And yeah. Just the, his, yeah. his machinations are great and all of it. Yeah, no, I got along with him really well. Yeah, same here. But I I love the dark magic stuff, the Sith magic stuff. It, you know, this has a lot of touchstones um, with um, those Tales of the Jedi era comics that, that we've talked about before jesse you know it, it's kind of yeah. it, it, it feels like it's almost reaching back into further into the past of sort of sith history and the old republic's history rather than sort of sitting alongside the other old republic stories that are going on around it which have a slightly different aesthetic i think the, the, this leans very much back into the past of the you know the sith timeline um, yeah yeah which which i kind of love and, and he's a great he's a great character um I love that contraption that he, that he that he um constructs to kind of yeah. it's almost like sort of blood transfusion you know he knows he's infected oh, yeah. and the clock yeah. and the clock is ticking um and he's got to complete the ritual with uh, he's got to you know, take out Hestizo's heart with the with the special yeah. Sith sword and consume yeah. it for the uh, with the extra yeah. midi chlorians yeah. and that will overcome the sort of the infection and then he will live forever but without the sort of necrotizing flesh and everything um <laughs> you know it's just like yeah that's great dark magic and weird Sith science all kind of shoved into one it's great um but of course we we can't talk about the Sith in this book without talking about um Dailus, I think his name is the the wonderfully creepy netty librarian who who lives in and sort of infests the library. Uh, I mean, he's a highlight of the book for me. What about you, Jesse? Oh yeah, he, I find myself eagerly awaiting for his every scene. Mm. Like he steals every scene he's in, and just yeah, is terrifying. I love it. As a fan of those old tales, the Jedi comics, Jesse, you, you'll of course remember the Jedi librarian oh, yeah. called Ud Benar, who was Ud, the same species. Benar, yeah. Who uh, yep. he was the librarian on Ossus, which which now in canon is the planet where Luke's building his new Jedi temple. Um, oh. But um, you know, so here we've got sort of almost a dark mirror version of Ud Benar. I love the dark know. mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we don't get enough of that. We no, no, no evil Yodas. No, no, you know. But yeah, I like the dark mirror. Yeah, he's so so creepy. Uh, what about you, Jacob? How did you like Dalis, the sort of the tree-like librarian who sort of whose whole root system and branch system infests the library? To be honest, I wish I could do that myself where I work. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I really liked it, actually. Um, even the first time round when I did read it, those scenes always like, stuck in my mind. For like the way the netty spoke, yeah, that was always yeah. the bit that sort of got me a little bit. Yeah, when he was interacting with um, the uh, Darth Scabarus or even um, a, a Jojo. Is it Jojo? Tra- um, uh, it's Rojo Trace, is the brother. Rojo, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Rojo. When he's interacting with Rojo, sorry, yeah. Rojo. I was thinking of a film. Um, but yeah, just yeah, just the way he spoke that particularly got to me. Particularly when I was first reading it as a young teenager, that like that, I think made me creep me out a little bit. To be honest, yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah, but no, I do. He's a, a bit of a highlight for me, particularly the way he's like integrated into the library and the way that he's causing it to 
like fall down on itself just by being the librarian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's this yeah. idea that someday he will basically be the cause of the library falling down on top of it and killing yeah. himself. He will just be buried alive with his yeah. books, basically. Um, sort of, again, sort of just gleefully dark and macabre. Um, I love it. Yes. I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, but, but of course... We need some Jedi in the mix to root for in, in the midst of this whole sort of all this is the Sith zombie outbreak. Um, let, let's think about Hestizo first. I, mean, I enjoyed this, I think. You know, I think it's an original idea, certainly I haven't seen it anywhere else, that she could communicate with plants and, in particular, this black orchid that Skibris needs to use in his experiment. And I, I feel like Schreiber was walking a line here between sort of needing or wanting to channel kind of horror virgin slash damsel in distress vibes, but also showing her to be a competent Jedi Knight. Um, did you guys like her? Uh, Jacob, what about you? I'm a bit on the fence about her, to be okay. honest. Um in like there was one or two scenes where like she was really really competent in terms of like just dealing with like the zombies that are around her yeah but like, apart from that i just like i was getting like just getting towards the end i'm like come on love please do something <laughs> please <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't just stand there <laughs> yeah she, she, she gets but, captured a lot and you know and, and she, yeah, she just a bit <laughs> she, she does wind up on the sacrificial altar <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> um yeah yeah uh, what about you, Jesse? I, I liked her okay. I, I like um, seeing different types of Jedi, like you know the ones in the agricultural core. You don't really get to see that. Yeah. And, yeah so I, I like, but yeah, she does end up the damsel in distress a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did enjoy her because it was something new. Yeah. Yeah, she, she she gets her sort of Ripley moment at the very end, I guess. They they, they basically do yeah. sort of the the alien yeah. slash aliens beat at the very end, don't yeah, they? they? Do. <laughs> um, which uh, you know, I, I I may be doing her a favor by comparing her to Ripley, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> uh, a pretty big one. Okay, well, what what about her brother um, Rojo? I keep wanting to call him Rojo because when I was reading it, um. I just I, I kept saying sort of rojo uh, on the page the Spanish for red, um, <laughs> but but in the audiobook, uh, John Glover reads it as rojo, so we'll call him rojo. Um, what about her brother then? What kind of impression did he make on you, Jesse? Not much, to be honest. He was pretty much your basic run of the mill Jedi Knight. Mm. Um, I, I did like his investigating. Yeah, but he didn't really leave that much in impression on me. He felt more the most like a story tool. Yeah, to drive it forward. Yeah, yeah. He he sort of disappears for for large chunks of it, doesn't he? Um, he does. Yeah, yeah. They almost get fussy about him until you appear. Yes, indeed. Um, although he, he, there's a moment early on which sticks in my brain, um, so I couldn't quite forget about him because it really jumped out at me. But b- before I get to that, J- Jacob, how did Rojo work for you? Um, similar, similar bit to uh, Jesse, just a bit like, a bit almost a bit one note, to be honest. A bit yeah. like, yeah, okay, all right, sure. Mm. Um, I roll with it. It's um, he's almost to the point where I'm like, he could have been, well, in, well, could have been could have been shifted around to another character potentially, but yeah, it was nice. It was nice to have that family connection, I guess. Um, yeah, actually, someone coming to rescue. Yeah, um, 
so yeah, that that was that was nice to have that, and I think they they had a quite unique connection as well, if I recall correctly. Yeah, which yeah, is, they did. Which is kind of cool um, to see. Um, but yeah, overall impression, just again, it's not really much of one to be honest. No, no. Um, he, he's, he's got this weird moment early on um, when he senses that his sister has been taken, and he, you know, he's yeah. got these. He's got a couple of different abilities. He's got that telemetry, hasn't he? I think it's like a sort of Quinlan Voss's thing where he touches objects and he yeah. gets their history. Um, but yeah. also, he, there's some sort of telepathy or something. He, you know, so, so he, he sort of projects a message to the people or the person who was taking his sister. And he literally does the Liam Neeson speech from Taken. Yeah, I noticed that, actually. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it is almost word for word. He like, you know, I have a special set of skills and I'm going to find... You know, it is that speech. And that I, made me chuckle, actually. It, yeah. Well, I remember I think the first time I read it, I was like, I can't believe they let him get away with that. They've just... you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm all for sort of cultural references being on the nose. Um, but wow, you know, it's, it's, it's right there. Um, but, but then, in, to my mind, where that character goes is actually it's, it's a different... A different cultural reference point and one more from a horror movie which is um he basically ends up like dick halloran from the shining um yes. in the film played by scatman crothers you know the the, the, the guy who you sort of spe- you spent half the movie watching him in this arduous journey coming for the rescue and then he ends up with an axe in his chest yeah. you know and doesn't actually achieve much and that's kind of his story here right yeah yeah uh, and I, yeah. I, I can only assume Schreiber was basically referencing The Shining or something like it with that. That would make more sense, to be honest. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the, otherwise I don't really see the point. Um, I, I remember when I read that as a kid first time around, I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there, there he goes. There he goes. Yeah. Um, Yes, uh, and if I remember correctly, I think she she takes it all in her stride as well. As well, I mean, the, yeah. The, the, you know, the, yeah. There's definitely a moment I think where she sort of cradles his body briefly before she has to escape. But you know, it's uh, there, there, there's zombies. There are zombies coming. Stuff, yeah. It's time to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, let, let's think briefly about. Um, connections to other stories obviously this is a prequel to death troopers although as i think we've talked about at the start um you know it, it's loosely enough connected that you don't really need any prior knowledge or you know, of one or the other to enjoy either um but th- this one red harvest sits right in the middle of the stories that make up the star wars the old republic multimedia project you know the the online game and the various comics and books that sort of sit around that and sort of bear the old republic branding um this one doesn't bear the old republic branding and isn't officially part of that project even though it's published it was published in the same year as some of the old republic books starting to come out which is interesting um Jacob, have you read much other stuff around that time period? Uh, and if so, how well do you think this fits in, do you think? I think the only bits I really read was, this is going back to when, like, as I was first getting into even reading Star Wars books ever. Mm. I think, I, like, it was like, the, I read the Darth Bane trilogy, which I know is okay. a bit after this. Yeah. And I think I must have, I definitely read Revan. Okay. And I think I might have read Deceived, potentially. Okay. I can't remember which other one. I did, I did read another one. Um. But I don't know. I think because it didn't have necessarily the old Republic branding when I first bought it, I was actually 
initially quite confused where it was set. Okay, yeah. But once I, once I got my head around, oh, this is set before Darth Bane, but during this period, I'm like, okay, this is fine. You know this where makes you are. Sense. Yeah, I know where I was. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's only really come with like, like years, like a few years after when I actually figured it all out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I guess whenever you were having that first experience of reading it, did, did you feel like you were missing anything in terms of wider context, or, or were you just able to? Yeah. Were you just able to enjoy it as it was? I think I was able to enjoy it as it was, but I did feel like I was missing the wider context because like, I, like, I was like, I think it's just after I must have read, like, um, Darth, the first Darth Bane book, okay. and I was like, where's all the where why are there loads of Sith now? Yeah, I'm not sure why, and but I, I just. Put that aside. I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy it. I, I think I quickly figured out it's set a bit beforehand. Anyway, yeah. so it's like, oh, I'm good. Um, but yeah, apart from the slight initial confusion, the, the only other ones I read were like the ones I just mentioned. And yeah, it helped. To be honest, it did help in the sense of like knowing what a H- HK droid was and uh-huh. other like yeah, yeah like from play, even playing the old Night Shield Republic games. Um, yes, from the Xbox Xbox era. Yeah, the, the, um, there are little touchstones yeah. there, aren't there, that sort of help yeah. root you a little bit in in, yeah. in the era. Yeah, yeah. Jesse, now, I know you've read um, around this time period because we're talking about these stories every week. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, how do you see this one in the context of the other storytelling that, that surrounds it in the timeline? It's very independent of the other stuff. Mm. Um, it's almost its own isolated story. It's necessary to be there because of all the Sith. Yeah, and because of the the Jedi, and I I've been noticing like the different lineage. These are obviously Jedi from the um, Master Arcus school because of the family, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that was kind. Of, that's been kind of fun to do. But it's very very much. It needs to be there, but it doesn't need to be there. It needs to be there for the story and the setup, not as part of the old Republic. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I guess the old Republic lends it a kind of a an, an oldie worldy. It allows him to dive into this sort of very gothicy thing and touching back, yeah. sort of reaching back to the sort of Sith magic and sorcery stuff from Tales, yeah. Tales of the Jedi. It, it really leans more into Tales of the Jedi. It, it does, doesn't it? I, I remember as I read it, thinking, "Well, we got this mad science and the, the magic feels quite Tales of the Jedi." And then as soon as the netty librarian turned up, I was like, "Oh, they're, yep. they're doing the dark version of Oud Benar. This is very much of a piece yeah. with Tales of the Jedi rather than sort of the old Republic stuff that that you know came." Yeah. Well, you know, two decades later almost you know um it, one thing i noticed were at the end of this when Histizo um has survived and she decides that she's actually going to go back to coruscant to the jedi temple yeah um which which doesn't exist at this point in the timeline because it's been sacked in <laughs> Um, two years earlier by Darth <laughs> Malgus in the novel Deceived and the cinematic trailer that that that, um, right. that, that, uh, that novel was an adaptation of. So so I don't know what's going on there continuity-wise um, because I, I think at this point the the Jedi have sort of decamped and are now on Tython in the, in the decades leading up to the, the game um, and they left Coruscant behind. But uh, so, so it, 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 I guess so, some oddities there in, in terms of it not particularly dovetailing continuity-wise with um, with the old Republic project proper. Um, but I want to finish up thinking about the horror again. Um, 
because there's quite a lot of it. What are yeah. some, what are some of your favourite out and out horror moments from this story, Jacob? Oh, I was literally looking at this earlier, and I like um, I did the egregious thing of dog t- dog like <laughs> curling some of my pages just to remind me which one. I know. I, I I quickly unfolded them and flattened the book as quickly as I could. Um, <laughs> one of the ones that oh, jumped out at me when I was looking at it was it, there's there's a Brack Sif student. I can't say his name. Um, he was the one, he was the one I think bullying one of the other students and yeah, yeah. that's the one. yeah that's it and and um I think he he comes across a, a zombified version of Jura and basically decapitates him mm-hmm. and the head, oh, still, yeah. and, the head oh. and the head still bites him which oh. maybe <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it's just a bit of this, this this zombie head just chowing down on his arm and yeah I know it's clamped <laughs> onto him. <laughs> Yeah. Like, all right, mate. We get, we get, we get the, we get the picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with Schreiber. He sometimes he just, he just sort of takes it to that next level, be beyond where you thought he was going to go. He yeah, just pushes yeah. that yeah. little extra bit into the gross. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What well, What about you, Jesse? Any popping out for you? Um, there, there's two that pop out for me. The I, I don't know where this comes from, but anytime someone's in a ship and something bangs against the the cockpit that scares the hell out of me uh-huh. and when the mechanic is in there fixing it and he gets called by that sith zombie student come yeah. help me that scared me yeah good. and the freaking tauntauns zombie tauntauns oh, man oh yeah yeah Oh, they're bursting open in the sick they're inside. Yeah, well, that's the, which, oh, which is which is again this gleefully silly, you know, yeah. the, the, and, yeah. and it's just riff, yeah. riffing on the old tauntaun that's toys that we used to have in the eighties, where you could stuff yep. the figure inside, you know, because that's, they didn't oh, look in the one. film, you know. Yep. Yeah, so silly, but very, very, very <laughs> horrifying. I loved it. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. Um, what about you, Jacob? Any any others percolating up for you? Um, the only other one that I'll, I'll mention is is the dying hall bit where a, a load a load of Sith students get like locked down into the dying <gasps> yes. hall. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I like. It, I know it's slightly more action packed, but it's like it's just that moment. I'm like, oh, this is locked down. Oh, I wonder if there's any any zombies trapped in them with with, with them. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was um, yeah that that particular one I did like. It's, it's, yeah, just, it's, you, it's the it's the food fight scene in the school refectory, but it with zombies. Yeah, yeah. basically, <laughs> <laughs> it's just chaos, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll t- I'll tell you the moment. One of the moments for me, which is so very horrifying, and um, yeah. It was really early on when um, Pergus Frode, that that mechanic character you you were talking about there, Jess, um, uh, he, he is part of a crew that delivers uh, not the right flower to Scabrous. Oh, and, yeah. uh, in punishment, he kills the crew and... Frode is forced to well, he's presented with the boiled head of his colleague, uh, yeah. and can either die or eat up. Yeah, oh, great. basically, and he's still alive, right? and and he's yeah. got to yeah, and just the, the prose is just particularly gruesome. Talks about sort of the boiled eyeball and all the rest yeah. of it. Uh, and he and he and he has to to save his own life. He has to chow down on his friend's head. 
Yeah. Um, it's pretty gross. I mean, it, it, it's 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 almost enough to put you off meat. Um, it's <laughs> it, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Schreiber again, just sort of pushing at that extra step or two beyond where, where you thought you might be comfortable. Um, I, I certainly wasn't comfortable <laughs> with that with that scene at all. Um, truly horrifying stuff. Um, so okay. So what about final thoughts for for Red Harvest then? The the sort of Sith zombie outbreak movie set in the old Republic era, Jesse. It's absolute terrifying. Fine, listen to it, read it. You you have a blast. Yeah, it'll scare the heck out of you. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, similar similar idea. It's just a pretty decent horror Star Wars romp, yeah, and pretty isolated as well, actually. So it's quite a nice single one to read. Totally accessible, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, if you're looking for a wee Star Wars Halloween treat, you could do a lot worse. Than uh, spending an, an audible credit on on the audiobook or, or, or seeking out a copy of it elsewhere, uh, and so it's a quick read, a quick listen, uh, and just it fulfills the brief. It, it's gory zombie horror goodness, but Star Wars, um, and I, I don't think I was convinced by that idea until I read Death Troopers last year, and um, that that sold me. Uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed Death Troopers and this year have thoroughly enjoyed red harvest as well um well worth it in my opinion um so i think that's going to wrap us up for for another episode of legends library jesse it's always a pleasure to chat star wars with you thanks for being here lovely lovely to talk to you again and hopefully not the last time we have you on the show Hopefully, hopefully I'll be on again. Fantastic. Um, why don't you both let the folks listening know where they can find you and follow your Star Wars and reading journeys online, Jesse? Uh, you can find me online at Legends Twin Sun nineteen eighty. I'm almost always on Instagram. That's my happy place. Fantastic. And what about you, Jacob? Uh, Instagram as well. I um the I, under the name Yorkshire Book Lover. Um, we're just anything Star Wars or just book related. And you can find me on Instagram and Threads as at Journals of the Wills, and much less frequently on Twitter as at Journals Wills. And of course, you can reach out to the podcast team on all the usual social media channels. And there, you're looking for at SWBC podcast uh, we've dropped this week's episode of legends library earlier than usual it being appropriately spookily themed for halloween uh, and indeed legends library is going to take a few weeks off while i take a little break and, and because the podcast schedule is otherwise a little packed in the weeks ahead but fear not legends fans we will be back later in the year in fact should be back in november um canon ketchup will carry on as usual and we should have some author interviews to share with you in the weeks ahead too. Uh, and for those of you who really like your Legends deep cuts, we may have a special episode to celebrate the 1978 Star Wars holiday special and its wonderful legacy. Um, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, baby. Um, you need to. Absolutely. It's got to be done. Uh, in the meantime, right. in the meantime, it's a goodbye from Jacob. Bye. And it's a goodbye from Jesse. May the force be with you. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. <laughs>